Father, let the entrance of your word give light and bring understanding. As I share your word and speak your word, bless, O oh God, lives and transform lives by your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the second part of the multiplication series. I know you are already blessed. The service is already blessing you. I'm excited about the capacity of our choirs and where they are going. I am seeing a day will come that when we come to service, they will bring down so much of the presence of God that I will not need to teach. We can feel the Shakana presence of God. Thank you, pleasant harmony. Thank you, pleasant voices. You guys are anointed and uh, we can't wait to have you minister every night from tomorrow evening 6 p.m we are fasting from tomorrow our seven day fast begin and we are fasting from tomorrow the pleasant life conference if you truly want to have a pleasant life you must be at the pleasant life conference no matter what it is make sure you are here i'm beginning tomorrow with on the subject keys to supernatural multiplication and uh, it's going to be amazing it's going to be amazing Okay, so welcome to Multiplication Series 2. Let me just remind you of our 2021 theme scripture. Leviticus 26, the verses 9 and 10. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new hallelujah <laughs> what a scripture let the anointing and the power and the revelation behind this scripture be activated in your life let all those who said amen receive it powerful powerful so part two of the multiplication series this morning i am speaking on the subject bearing fruits according to your labor bearing fruits according to your labor one or the major key to financial multiplication and financial blessing is the work of your hands is the work of your hands you cannot fast and pray for god to rain money from heaven i have seen people who have done 40 days fast every year for the last 40 years and they are still poor because you don't become rich because you fast and pray. You become rich because during the course of fasting and prayer, God shows you business ideas and you apply them and work hard and he blesses you through it. Are you here? You pray because you're already working and asking the Lord to bless the works of your hands. So God blesses you financially through the works of your hands. One of the major causes of poverty is when the works of your hands are under attacks. And today my mission is to is an investigative spiritual investigative sermon to help you identify the causes of attacks on the works of your hands. Why you have labored and yet you are not enjoying the fruit of your labor. 
Luke chapter 5 and the verse 5. This was after Jesus had borrowed the boat of Peter and has preached a good sermon and then had now asking Peter to go back and cast his net back into the sea. And Peter said this to him. Simon Peter, Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night. Now note, we have worked hard all night and having caught anything and having caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the net. We have worked hard. So Peter was not a lazy person. He was a very hard worker. But I said, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. The story of Peter is like the story of many people I meet. They work hard, but they have nothing to show. They labor, but they have no fruits. You have worked very hard for several years in your life. No land to show. No car to show. No house to show. Nothing. Not even decent clothes to show. And every single day of your life, you go out to work. And yet, you have caught nothing. Like Peter, you have caught nothing. Now, it's also very important to know that Peter said, we have worked hard all night. All night. There are three stages in every man's life. The morning stage, the afternoon stage, and the night stage. The morning stage, you are young. You are building a career. You are educating yourself. You are discovering your skills to develop it so that you can sell it. And that is from zero to maximum 30, you should have a skill to sell, generate income. From 30 to 60 is your afternoon. This is where the sun is rising on you. The sun is shining on you. And the day is bright and you are healthy, you are strong, and you are working and you are making money. You are investing, you are building houses, you are raising a family, you are worshipping God, etc., etc. Then, from 60 onward is your night. You're on retirement and you should be enjoying the benefits of your, the fruit of your labor. But Peter said, Lord... We have worked hard all night. In other words, when Peter should be on retirement and he should be enjoying life, he was still working. And there are people like that. After 60, they are security men. They are still struggling to put food on the table. After 60, the bones are no longer strong. The mind is no longer sharp. And you should be relaxing. You know, after 60, you should be you should be investing your life in posterity. You should be raising your grandchildren. They should have investment that you have done for them. But Peter was working in the night. Was working hard in the night and had caught nothing. May that never be your story. I pray for you that that will never be your story. Anyone under the sound of my voice. This is a prophetic message for you. You will not work hard and cash nothing. All hard work brings profit. And I speak upon you, may your hard work bring you profit.
supernaturally in our month of multiplication. May every sweat from your face water your seed and let that seed bear much fruit. If you believe it, your amen will be the loudest. If you are the one I'm prophesying about, your amen will shake the foundations of this building. Now, I want to show you right now why people labor and never get to eat the fruit of their labor. So, it's an investigative sermon and God will reveal to you today why you work so hard but catch nothing. Like Peter. Now, I've always said to you, every sermon I preach, I practice it. Before I preach it, I am, I am a testimony of what I preach. I thank God for Pastor Felix's testimony. I, I thank God for your humility in se- sharing this testimony. There are a lot of people who are not humble enough to share a testimony. They don't want to owe God gratitude. And they don't want to owe the person God used in bringing that testimony to them an appreciation so they will never share it i love my son honorable Ita, because he will share and tell you when he got to ghana he didn't even have transport to take a car from um Tetekwashi to where he was going and had only one shirt but sitting under the ministry of the servant of god has totally transformed his life totally transformed his life amen okay the eight types of labor and how they affect your fruits the eight types of labor and how they affect your fruits number one ancestors labor ancestors labor jeremiah chapter 3 the verses 24 and 25 from our youth shameful gods underlying shameful gods have consumed the fruits of our ancestors labor their flocks and heads their sons and daughters let us lie down in our shame and let our disgrace cover us we have sinned against the lord our god both we and our ancestors from our youth to this day we have not obeyed the lord our god let me read the verse 24 again. I want you to listen carefully. From our youth, shameful gods have consumed the fruits of our ancestors' labor. Now, in my years of pastoring and meeting people and engaging in spiritual warfare, I have come to realize that people that have idols in their ancestral homes, They suffer a lot from strange, strange diseases. They die premature and tragic deaths. They suffer from spiritual marriages. You sleep and you see somebody sleeping with you in your dream. And that hinders you from, from, from marrying. It can stop you from marrying. So people that have come from the background that have uh, uh, the ancestors worship idols 
But I've also realized that they don't stay in one church. Because that thing pulls them from the place where they can be, they can be protected. Yeah, where they can be protected. Now, one of the major things I've also noticed about them is that people that come from ancestral homes where they worship idols and they have stool, stools there and chieftaincy backgrounds, they suffer a, a lot from poverty, financial crisis. They suffer a lot from it. And I want to show you something. See this, this one. From, their youth, from our youth, sinful gods have consumed the fruits of our ancestors' labor. labor. Because Satan does not give anything for free. Satan is like a poultry farmer. While the poultry farmer is feeding the birds, he's not feeding the birds because he loves the birds. He's feeding the birds because they will give him or her eggs. Feeds the birds because he's going to sell them. A nice, handsome gentleman around the age of 40 had a conversation with me. Brilliant lawyer, handsome man had a conversation with me. His grandfather was a very successful lawyer, had houses and businesses. Then he suddenly fell ill. They did everything, went to all manner of hospitals, all manner of diagnosis, and the man was still not getting well. The man's senior brother who was an illiterate, came from the village to tell him that the gods of the village of the house were very angry with him because he has neglected the house. And that was why he was sick. So they have sent him to come and tell him that until he comes to perform certain rituals at the shrine, he will die. The man followed him because when you are at the point of death, if your faith is not strong, you will just do anything anybody tells you. So the man followed him and they went to the village. And after some days in the village, he got well because the sickness was from them. So he got well, but they used the sickness to pull him to come home so they can get into a covenant with him so that they can consume the fruit of his labor. The man came, and the guy says, since the man came back, his grandfather lost almost everything. In fact, the grandfather, the house the grandfather built for his grandmother, that they were living there, the man sold his house, sold other houses, lost his position in his companies, and came to sell that house without their knowledge. Because the man has gotten into debt. He said his father took after his father also became a lawyer. And his father died a drunkard. He was such a brilliant lawyer. But nothing worked for him. Every case he did. No matter how much he was paid. He never saw the man. Some way, somehow. 
something will happen. The money will go. The man became so frustrated. He started drinking. He would see his colleagues, his juniors, people he even taught, have all become big men. And when they go to all students' association, he comes back home. He becomes so depressed. Started drinking. And his father died prematurely. He said, man of God, as I'm speaking to you now, I'm also a lawyer. I'm a, the, uh, my third generation lawyer in my family. He said, the same thing is happening to me. My wife had moved out. I can't even have access to my children. And he said, but she's right. Because you can't marry a lawyer who cannot, who cannot put food on your table. But I said, man of God, I work hard though. I work so hard. But if you tell, ask me, where is the money? He said, the same people I work with in the same chamber. We do the same case. We get the same money. They are building. I'm renting. They have cars. I have only one car. Old. If my wife is going out, I have to give it to her. And I have to find a place to go. When my wife married me, instead of having children, I asked her to become a housewife. And that I will be able to take care of her. She left her banking job. And now she's blaming me. She's just gone out of the house. Man of God. I took him to the scripture. I said, the gods of your father's house are consuming your labor. Listen. You live for a generation after you. You should be able to build businesses and houses. Not even for your children. But for your children's children. But if you labor and work. I'm not talking, I'm not talking to lazy people here. Who don't do any work. One day I will show you why you are lazy. But I'm talking to people who are strong and working and working and working and sweating. And yet they do not see the fruit of their labor. Because, because ancestral gods are consuming them. But I lift up my voice. At the servant of the Lord Most High. And I visit your ancestral home. And I make a decree right now in the name of Jesus. Let him go. Let her go. Let the people of God be liberated. I disconnect you from your ancestral source. And I speak upon you that let the family of God be your family. It is a decree. It is established in Jesus name. Amen. Number two is forced labor. Forced labor. Number one is ancestors' labor. Number two is forced labor. Exodus chapter 1, verse 11. You see, when, when the Jews, when, when the Egyptians saw that the Israelites were multiplying, what they did was to put them in on them on, in all manner of labor that would not yield any result. One of them was forced labor forced labor Exodus 1 verse 11 and look at how forced labor was so they put slave masters slave masters over them so they put slave masters over them what did they do they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor so they built they built Pitom and Ramesses are source cities, store cities for Pharaoh. So a forced labor is a work you are not willing to do 
But there's somebody who is too powerful for you to say no. And you work and you, are, you do not receive the fruit of your labor. But you work to build for the person. Usually an evil person. I watched something on CNN. It was called Modern Day Slavery. How African girls are trafficked from Africa. And Eastern European girls are traveled from, trafficked from Eastern European. And you get to Europe or America. And you are forced to prostitute yourself. And somebody is sitting somewhere. One young lady was talking. And she, she could sleep with 13 men in one day. And the money doesn't come to her. It goes to somebody. She doesn't see the money. It goes to somebody. Oh, some of you sit here and say, oh, okay, this one does not concern me. If you are not eating the fruit of your labor, it is either your ancestral gods are eating them, or you have a slave master in the realms of the spirit who has put you into forced labor. And you are building for the person in the realms of the spirit. I prayed for a deliverance for a woman. No, no, I'm making a statement. I'm not praying now. I said, I prayed for a deliverance for a woman. Eh? The woman was believing God for a baby. And the spirits are manifested. And I heard the cries of babies. So I, I, I just woke her up from the manifestation. I said, you have children in the spirit. Because I could hear them crying. She said, yeah, man of God, it is true. She said, I don't menstruate. I'm a woman, but I don't menstruate. Physically, I don't. But every month, I dream menstruation. Every month, I dream that I'm menstruating, but I don't menstruate physically. And she said, I am a man of God. And then any time I dream that I'm pregnant, I don't, I don't even dream of menstruation for nine months. And after nine months, I dream again that I'm giving birth. I said, there's a slave master in your life. You give birth for that person. May I pray for you right now? Anybody acting as a slave master in your life that you labor for the person and you build for the person in the realms of the spirit, may that slave master lose his grace over you. In the realms of the supernatural, I command and I decree let any man, any woman, any satanic agent, any spiritual entity acting as a slave master for you to labor to build for, may that person lose his power over you. The curse on which they are operating, operating, let it be revoked. The covenant on which they are operating, let the covenant be cancelled. The altar on which they are operating, let the altar be broken. If your amen is louder, it shall happen for you. It is our season of multiplication. And I am dealing with things. So don't, don't, when you finish, you take this as prayer topics. And you use it to pray the whole week. Are you following me? Number three, harsh labor. Harsh labor. Harsh labor. Exodus chapter 1 verse 14. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor. 
in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In their house labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. Because the, 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 the Israelites were multiplying. So the Egyptians didn't want them to multiply. So they gave them different forms of labor. Forced labor. Now, harsh labor. Harsh labor. <laughs> harsh labor. Let me tell the story of a guy. Very, let, let, you, see, you see, prayer is one of the most important things in our Christian faith. It's one of the most important things in our Christian faith. But it is not everything we pray about. You see, this guy, eh, this guy I'm talking about, can go to 40 days fast. In the year, he does like 40 days fast three times. I employed him in my office. And he was very powerful. What we said, we were called Afrilid. And he was accountant of the, of the office. Very, very prayerful person. But all his prayer was based on fear. If he spent 40 days in prayer and prayed 10 hours a day, time, 10 times 40 is what? 400, eh? So 400 hours. Probably he will use 300 or 350 hours finding Satan and asking nothing from God. Because your, your prayers can be driven by fear. You see, your, the content of your prayer shapes your life. If I pray for the anointing to preach, it will save my life. If I pray for, for money, you, I might not get it. Because you don't pray for money, you work for money. There are principles, you sow for money. So, so the content of your prayer actually shapes your Christian life. So it's not just praying. So, if we saw this guy doing 40, 340 days in a year and nothing was developing in his life, you will even be discouraged. You will think that, why am I, if your prayer is focused on Satan, 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 and Satan, and it's not focused on God, if you are consistently afraid that something evil is going to happen to you, and it's not focused on God, Father, bless my marriage. Instead of spending all your time binding the demons, destroying your marriage, I believe demons can attack your marriage, but also pray more that Father face my marriage. Because at the end of the day, you say, God, I bind the demon attacking my marriage, but you don't tell God to face it. So the demon will be blocked, but now you need a fixer. And you have not asked God to face it. Are you here? So this guy powerful prayer guy then whilst he was in the office he comes to tell me he was resigning why are you resigning have i done something to offend you no but i want to go into laundry i want to do laundry <gasps> brother have you bought the machines no my father and i used to do it if you wash for you eh if you wash for you we're doing it sound like this if you wash for you eh if you wash for you and your father never prospered I understand if Abedi Pele's children want to play football, fine, because their father prospered with what he's doing. But if your father grew up in a village, played football, and never went anywhere, later on in his life, he became a Panwan Tapa, why would you like to go and follow him? So, I was trying to convince this guy, be careful. He resigned. And guess who his first clients were? His subordinates in the office. He started washing for the guys in the office who he was earning higher than. He started washing for them. 
Then one day he came to me and said, man of God, there is something, eh? I'm a very hard worker. He meant harsh worker. I'm a very hard worker. I work, man of God. I work. I can, I can, I can stay for three nights and wash and iron. And he used to do it for me. He can be in my house for three nights. But when he irons for you, powerful. But you know, he said, but when I do it, I don't get money. Man of God, can you believe that? My own brothers in this office, I watch for them. They are not paying me. I say, how do you resign from a company and start washing for your subordinates and now they are not paying you? Then he left. I didn't see him again now for a long time. I saw him once. The man was telling me, now things are going to happen. I said, what, what do you do? He said, I go somewhere in Brongahafo at the back there. There is something in cow that they use for medication. So I go to stay there. Because when they kill like 20 cows before they can find one. So if we don't stay there, if we don't stay there and they find it, you, somebody will buy it. So I go to stay there and I've gotten one. Look, look, I've gotten one. I've gotten one. How much will you sell this? Oh, this one, I can get like I can get like 100 or 150 dollars. I said, for one month, what is your transportation? How much did you buy it? I'm going to stay there. Then one day I saw him. This guy had a big saw on the hand. I said, what happened to you? He said, oh no, um, the thing I was buying was not giving me enough money. So now I'm buying the cow myself and I bring them to a crowd to sell. But when you go and you want to buy it, you show them the one you want and they ask you to catch it yourself. So in catching that one, it hurt me. I said, you left your office in an air condition to go and do this somewhere in the north. Hey, are you, are you correct? Are you correct? But you see, he has been subjected to harsh labor. And then he came back and said, I need some help. Because the last listing I brought, not knowing he was sick. The animal was sick. They didn't tell me. So, so I bought it this amount, but I could only sell it this. After those months in the bush, you have lost. The last time I saw him, oh, where are you? I now leave. He mentioned some cow village. I'm doing farming there. I'm doing farming there. And every time he believed that that is what he wants to do, but somebody is subjected, subjecting him. To harsh labor. I've seen people who walk out of comfortable jobs to take uncomfortable jobs. And it's a spirit. And they don't understand. I pray for you here. Any manipulating spirit that is manipulating your mind to make the wrong decision in the areas of the west of your hands. I speak as the servant of God. May they be blessed in the name of Jesus. And I pray for you. May God touch your reasoning and thinking faculty today. This year, in a year of multiplication, may you have ideas that will bring financial multiplication to you. In Jesus' name. Am I preaching to someone here? Number, number four, eh? Number four. 
Okay, so number four, hard labor. Hard labor. Exodus 2 verse 11. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out there where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own. Now, hard labor is the work that prisoners do. It's the work that prisoners do. Now, I don't, I don't see much of it. Maybe because I spend most of my time here on the Sprinter's Road. But I remember where I grew up. You see prisoners. It take them to go and wait on a big farm. Hard labor. They don't get anything. And the prison officers will take them to go and read and they will collect the money and bring them back into prison. Hard labor. I've even seen some of them carrying human excreta. Yeah, they will bring to a community. This community, something into go and carry all the human excretas. He myself one day I suffered hard labor, but not in prison, but in school. I arrived in school at Aquinas. I arrived late. So one teacher saw me pass. Titi of her, are you not coming to school? I have worked for Andabrakao. I didn't get money for transport. Are you not coming to school? I was sweating. I said, yes, sir. Eh? Hey, bring that cutlass. Then the man just, some weed from park. to weed all this place. Having weeded in my life, all my life. How to even handle a cutlass was a problem. Oh, coffee Hard labor on the sun. Hard labor is different from hard work. All hard work brings profit. Hard labor is doing hard work for someone else. Someone else gets the benefit of it. And these things are in the realms of the spirit. So you don't see, you don't get any benefit. If you work hard for your boss and you are paid, that's not hard labor. But hard labor is working without getting any benefits. So there are people here who are very hard workers, but they will tell you, I've seen nothing in my life. I lift up my hands for you. The same way Moses lifted up his hands on behalf of the Israelites. Anybody in hard labor here, may God deliver your soul. May he deliver your spirit. And may he deliver your body. If you believe, say amen. amen. Number five. Can I see on the screen now? Number five. Bitter labor. Bitter labor. Bitter labor. Bitter labor. Listen, fear God though. This one is God himself who puts you in bitter labor. Psalm 107, verse 11, verses 11 and 12. Because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High, so he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help them. There was no one to help. Imagine that when God told me to leave Europe and come to Africa, if I had not done it. Like by now, I'll be in Europe doing bitter labor. Because I'll be doing something I'm not called to do and I'm not, I'll not be enjoying it. I'll be crying in me whilst doing it. I'll feel that my destiny has been mortgaged because of disobedience. And so that's what God does. If you don't do according to God, God's plan for your life. Do you know that when Solomon's heart was turned away from God, God raised enemies against him. So it's not every enemy in your life that is from Satan. 
Sometimes God himself raises enemies against you. In the same way, if you are not in the perfect will of God, you enter into bitter labor. You labor, sir, you don't see anything. And you cry in the inside of you. You see that this job, I'm doing it, but I don't like it. I said, I told you that whilst we were completing school in Europe, one of my friends came to me and said, let's marry. And there were girls in the school who were looking for marriage. All you need to do is to remove your wedding ring and marry one. I said, look at these Canadian girls. Look at American girls. Look at, look at German girls. Tell her, let's marry. I said, my wife, my wife is too good for me to hurt her. Apart from fearing God, I don't want to hurt my wife. My wife is too good. She's done for my wife. She had been fighting me. Even when I was coming at the airport, we fought. So even if I go to Ghana, I won't marry her, her again. So this guy went to marry an Italian. But first, he first he married a German to get papers to settle. Then the next time I heard of him, that German marriage had collapsed. He's moved on to marry an Italian. The next time I heard of him, that Italian marriage has also collapsed. So he came to Ghana. And the mother married a small girl that he was almost 20 years older for him. To marry a woman that is not from your generation, get ready for trouble. Oh, how can you marry someone you are 20 years older than? Your thinking, your philosophy, everything is finished. Like, my children don't like watching movies with me because I'm 26 years older than Kevin. The movie that interests me, he doesn't like it. Oh, well, you'll be sitting down and they'll be sleeping. I said, son, we are watching a movie. That is this movie, this movie. He wants a different artist. You get me and my own son. We marry a woman. You are 20 years older, 25 years older, 30 years older. And then, and then, and then, the two of you are there. And then the woman. The woman you are going out, he comes in jeans and in, in some small top on the high hill. Then you look at her and say, Nadibin. Kofi Nanko said, Kaba, you want Kaba. You want Kaba. When your papa, you should go and wear Kaba. Oh, God. Father, help us. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on. Let me just move on. Now, number six, toilsome labor. Toilsome la labor. Toilsome labor. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 20 to 22. Now, Solomon, Solomon was a very lazy. If you read, if you read Ecclesiastes, eh, Solomon condemns work. He was a very lazy man. So look at what he said. Look at what he said. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun for a person may labor with wisdom knowledge and skill now hold on don't read ahead a person may labor with wisdom knowledge and skill so you go to school you learn you are knowledgeable you are wise you have skills but you don't have money <laughs> and you have a good job oh. let me show you what happens for a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they, may, they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. 
they will let you labor and labor, toilsome labor. You labor and you labor and you labor. When you become prosperous, you want to enjoy with your wife. You die. And then your wife goes to marry another man. To come and live in your house. Hey! Toilsome labor is labor you, you do. And at the time of the rewards, somebody else steps in to enjoy it. May that never happen to you. May you live to be more than a hundred years. And may you enjoy the fruit of your labor. May you never work for another man to enjoy. I decree this upon you in Jesus' name. The Bible says that it is meaningless for a man to work hard and not live to enjoy the fruit of his labor. A stillborn child is better than that man. Me, I will live very long. And I will enjoy the fruit of my labor. And enjoy it very, very, very well. When I was hospitalized recently, and I came back home, I was joking with mommy. I was telling mommy that, Hey, Mimi, I'm going to enjoy everything, including you. I'm here. I'm sticking around. I said, I'm sticking around for a long time. For a long time. Hey. Hey. So you all have to watch yourself very well so you can live long. Okay? Good. Number seven, slave labor. Oh. Oh. Slave labor. Slave labor. Everybody says slave labor. You, you know the story in the book of, I think, um, Second Kings, chapter four, verse one. I want to show you something before I read the scripture. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, "Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. His creditor was coming to take his two boys as slaves, and the man was a holy man of God, yet he died in debts. Because you can, you can, you can." You can be a very good Christian and not, still not be rich. But what makes a man rich? I'll show you very soon. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you very soon. But in this particular instance, there's something called slave labor. And the man's children, but the man had died though, but they were going to be taken. You know, in Ghana, there's something called trocosi. Trocosi. People in slave labor as a result of an ancestral, an, an ancestor's sin. Solomon, 1 Kings 9.21. Solomon conscripted the descendants of all these people remaining in the land whom the Israelites could not exterminate to serve as slave labor as it is to this day. The downfall of Africa is because of slave labor. The men and women who understood the land who would have built and developed Africa were taken away as slave laborers and built other people's countries for them. So they left a generation who, knew, who did not know how to develop and build. When I was in the hospital, I was thinking about my son, Kevin. I said, Lord, when I was his age, I couldn't have carried the burden of these businesses and this church. So don't let me die at this age and leave my 26-year-old son or 27-year-old son to bear the burden of a 52-year-old man. He can't. 
He needs more wisdom and more maturity to do what I do. Do you understand? Pray and ask the Lord. So, so, so that, that's what happened to Africa. Our fathers were taken for slavery and the burden was left on the women and children. So for years, we couldn't develop this continent. For 400 years, we could not. That's where we are. And we still have that kind of slave mindset. What we can even do for ourselves, we want white people to come and do it for us. Some of you have the same thing. I've always said to people, eh, there's a spirit called the dependency syndrome. Never, never have this at the back of your mind that somebody else will help me. Let God be your helper. Are, are you here? Let God be your helper. Never, I will teach us, I'm going to teach a series on the Good Samaritan. And I'll show you, I'll show you. You see, the priest who couldn't help the wounded man, the Bible said the priest was also going the same way. He also had the same Christ. The Bible said the man was traveling, was going down from Jericho to Jerusalem. And if you look at the meaning, the two meanings, he was living, no, he was going from Jericho to Jericho. He was living, he was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was living a blessed place to a cursed place. And the priest was also going the same way. So he had the same problem. So there are some things you expect your pastors to do for you and you feel offended. They may be struggling, struggling with bigger of that problem. And they don't know how to handle it. For those of you who want pastors to lead their Christian life for you, you will never make heaven. You want your pastor to fast for you. You want your pastor to pray for you. You want your pastor to see visions for you. I was seeing, I was, I was getting prophecies and telling my pastor, Telling my pastor that this is what I saw about the church. We need to pray. This is what I saw about your ministry. We need to pray. This is what I saw about this. And my pastor would tell me to go on a fast for him. And I'll be away for 10 days, 15 days, 21 days, praying for one person, my pastor. It is only in the army of God that we want to put the generals forward so that they can be killed. One day I'll teach you a sermon, you and your pastor. And I'll show you that your pastor is not King Kong. Now, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, all those pastors who are trying to create an impression to you people that they are like God, they are like this, and you have put your trust in them. If a pastor preaches for you to put your trust in that pastor, that pastor is entering into the realm of occultism. The real pastor points you to Jesus, the son of the living God. The real pastor points you to Jesus. Not to himself. I am anointed. I have oil on my head. I pray with you. I will stand with you. But I'm not your God. Are you here? <laughs> okay. Let me conclude. Our time is up. Let me conclude. Let me conclude. Number eight. Labor of love. This is where the secret is. This is where the secret is. I told you something that God told me and I want you to do it this year. God said to me, if you work for me, I will work for you. If you work for me, I will work for you. Look, Hebrews 6 verse 10. For God is not unjust 
to forget your work and labor of love which you have sown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister until you see everything you do as ministry you are not ready to receive multiplication from the works of your hands until you see everything you do as ministry everything you do must be ministry if you work in the bank it must be a ministry if you work in a school it must be a ministry if you everywhere you work there must be three e's that must govern you exalting christ jesus evangelizing the lost and edifying the same with your work when you do that god steps in and works for you there's nobody who can receive enough salary to live a comfortable life but there's one thing you can do pay your tithe do ministry with your work serve god in the church and god will multiply you i have told my pastors i said this church cannot pay you enough to build a house we cannot pay you enough to buy a car we cannot pay you enough to take your children to powerful schools but there's one thing you can do you can save god enough for god to do all that for you i said if i was going to depend on church like i've, I've said it here over 20 something years mommy and i have been taking a penny from church but look at who we are because for me for me for me is the labor of love you just love him that is why you are here you just love him that is why you you preach that the first december i was begging the hospital to put in an ambulance and bring me here i said all my life i haven't missed the first i want to i i stayed with you throughout the whole service prayed with you on oxygen i was i was sending prayer points to all of you it's a labor of love i had enough reason not to do anything it's a labor of love i've been begged to rest take time to rest don't preach take time to rest rest like two months i will die oh yeah 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 yeah. if i if i don't preach his word it's like fire shut up in my bones i love him too much too much not to labor for him if i die in the course of my duty i thank him ah, in the course of my duty i will thank him what will kill you will kill you even if you are sleeping <laughs> are you here i know people who were in their bedrooms and cars drove into their house broke their walls and entered into their bedrooms and killed them whilst others were careless crossing the street car didn't knock them labor of love everything you do must become a ministry when i was 50 the lord said to me in the last 10 years i have built you a kingdom he said the next 10 years build me a kingdom and i'll give you an empire that is why Please, pastors, when I leave, make sure 11.30, everybody's gone. I'll leave you like 10 minutes to finish the service. Okay, now, hear this. That is why, that is why next Sunday, mommy and I are giving to the Lord. I think it's 1,600 seater. Last year I said 2,000. 1,600 seater, 10th structure. Beautiful. 10th structure, beautiful. 
to the Lord. And those working on it know how much, apart from bringing the tap, apart from buying two houses on the Spinters Road and breaking them down and erecting this, how much it's costing us to do this. But we are doing it because the Lord said to us, build me a kingdom and I'll give you an empire the next 10 years. So from next Sunday, we are moving there. It is just the street behind here. It's just a street behind here. But when you even climb uh, Accra, um, Temple Christian College building, I'm, I'm not saying go and climb, the school has opened. But I'm saying that when you even climb there and you stand, you see it. Beautiful place. So that we can have visibility. And it's, it's our first fruit to the Lord. So next Sunday, we are meeting there in the morning. And this man is coming, uh, MOG. And it's my Thanksgiving. My family's Thanksgiving. And we are just going to thank the Lord. And bless his holy name and exalt his holy name. By 8 a.m., everybody should be seated. It's a new place, you must have a new attitude. You are from, from February, actually. In February, February is a month of multiplic- souls multiplication where we work for God, the month of working for God. So we'll be going for on outreach every Sunday at 10 a.m. So we come to church at 8 a.m. in the tent and close as 10 close at 10 a.m. Then we go for evangelism. Now, it's not everybody who will go to the evangelism after the church. We understand. You have other things to do. Don't say, oh, February, we are going for evangelism, so I won't go to church. But if I go, you force me to go to evangelism. Me too, I don't know how to do it. We are, we, are not, we are not asking everybody to be part of the evangelism. But if we can, fine. But from 7th February or so, or, yeah, 7th February, every Sunday, so we'll be from 8 to 10, that we launch out into the community. For evangelism and then the 8 to 10 will remain in february so let's start the 8 this coming sunday but not the 10 because we are going to sing a lot and worship the lord and other things now I preach one of the most important sermons is called sowers of seeds and eaters of bread and it will really bless you and your life will not be the same your life will change give me my concluding scripture for some time, well, we, I'll, I'll leave before we close the service just to make sure I can rest a little. So, well, I, I, at least the next two months. So if you don't see me, if you see me leaving early, keep that at the back of your mind. Now, Psalm 128, verse 1 to 4. So, let me show you how you can multiply, how, the fruit, how you can eat the fruit of your labor. Blessed are all who fear the Lord. And walk in obedience to him. This year, if you want to multiply, fear the Lord and walk in obedience to him. Fear the Lord and walk in obedience to him. Look at this. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Two keys. If you fear the Lord and walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Here, blessings and prosperity will be yours. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be a fruitful vine within your house. Mommy told me when we met that doctor says she can't have babies. I said, don't problem. I'll marry you. I'm not married because of babies. But look, fearing the Lord and being obedient to him, today she's a fruitful vine. You will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like holy shoots around your table. Look at just 
that's obedience. If you love your family, if you love your family, if you love your children, if you love your children and you love your family, fear the Lord and obey him. Look, your wife will be a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like only shoes around your table. Like only shoes around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. Fear the Lord. Stop sinning. Stop cheating on your wife. Stop beating your wife. Stop insulting your husband. Stop drinking alcohol. Stop misbehaving. Stop smoking before your children. Stop insulting your wife before your children. You must be a man that fears the Lord. You know why the focus is only on the man? Because you are the leader of the house. You are the leader of the house. Do these things and see. Now, all the women here, if you are not progressing the way you have to progress, because your wife will be a fruitful man, it's not only biological fruitfulness. If you are not bearing fruits, tell your husband, are you not fearing the Lord and walking in obedience? Because the Bible said the man who fears the Lord and walks in obedience, your wife will be like a fruitful vine around your destiny. If you don't feel like you are an only shoot, if you don't feel that you are the best among your children, what does it when all the trees met to choose a leader, the only tree was the best. He said, Should I leave my oil with which kings are anointed to come and lord over you? So the only, if you are not the best amongst your children, amongst your friends, go to your father. Father, do you fear the Lord and live in obedience? Because if you fear the Lord and you live in obedience, I will be like an only shoot. I don't feel like an only shoot. I don't feel like an only shoot. I feel like um, a... <laughs> sugar cane, sugar cane. I feel like I'm a sugar cane shoot. I don't feel, I don't feel that thing. So you see, men here, do you understand what I mean? Obedience to God and walking in the fear of God extends over your children. And if you love your children, let the God of their father bless them. Thank you for having me today. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now rise on your feet.